you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Brought to you by Mind Architecture. Building worlds for your mind. Hey, Alan. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Can you hear me? I don't have anything deeply Christmassy right now. I just have snow scenes, so uh, we'll see how uh, that goes. Okay. All right, so what... Yeah, I, uh, so I, I am raising a toast. I'm drinking eggnog. Uh, here, here. For, for, uh, my usual soda pop for me. <laughs> uh, Christmas soda pop, right? But <laughs> I, so I was going. I wanted to call out the eggnog though. So story years ago, I always had an overnight party with my friends because I my Chris my birthday is at Christmas time. So okay. after Christmas, when we were off school, we'd all get together, have an overnight party, play Commodore, play Atari, stay up, watch horror movies, <laughs> whatever. We always made eggnog. Now, this was exactly. back... classic young man adventure. And we always made eggnog because this was back in the time before making eggnog with raw eggs killed you. So we would make eggnog and have a good time right. doing have, it. Have a salmonella shake. Yes. Exactly. Okay. You got to get it pasteurized. You got to Okay. All right. That never killed anybody. Never even got sick. So I don't know where it got so deadly all of a sudden. But anyway... Then when my kids were younger, it was, oh my gosh, they're going to get sick. So we bought eggnog and we actually made a chart and went out and bought every eggnog we could find. And we did taste tests and figured out which ones we liked the best. That's funny. Colleen and I actually did that with pasta sauces. When we first got, when I got to Cleveland, we bought every single thing and made a little chart, just like you're saying. And so which eggnog was the winner? So the egg, I have two eggnogs that I love and now look for every year. And neither of them were on the chart that me and the kids tried because all of those are big names that you see everywhere. That's what's out there. But at the brain freeze a couple years ago down at Hartzler's in Worcester, they have eggnog that you can get at Acme up here. And it is one of the best. So we got some last night and Collins, oh my God, this is like drinking the most decadent melted ice cream. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Where places that, that specialize in various different things, they actually get a distribution deal to put it into grocery stores or very specific places. And then you really get crafted, but it's available not by driving back down to Hartzler. Yeah. Okay. And, and, okay. and then the other one is Shamrock Farms eggnog, which I don't even know where that is. But I found Ireland, it once. I imagine, but anyway, okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. But I found it once at the little store here in Edinburgh, and I found it once at Meyer in Brimfield. And that's it. I think it's a small farm. So they make like eggnog and send it out once, and that's it each year. So right. it is good. one of those things. It, it's hard to get a distribution deal if it's not going to be a constant thing for 12 months. It's going right. to be heavy in december i don't know what other seasonal things are there. like when mcdonald's puts out the shamrock shake or the arctic orange the, there's built-in the cadbury eggs <laughs> anything that's anything associated with the holiday you know what i mean right. like, hey i usually get the i don't know pumpkin shaped things around halloween and stuff like right. that Drinking you the buy like a case or do you buy it quart <laughs> by quart and go through it <laughs> eggnog has gotten super expensive this year oh, so 
just a pint of it is like eight dollars. Wow. So yeah. then not only do you love it, but you really gotta nurse it to make sure that oh my god, it's all gone. It's gonna... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things have gone up in price. But Colin and I, we just got the little sippy things. They they sell little ones. They're still in glass jars. Hartzler's is still in glass jars. And if you take the glass jars down the Hartzler's, you can get stuff refilled. So very cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you yeah, know, it's expensive. Yeah, it's funny. Pendulum swing back and forth. For a while, they were like saying, we're going to put it all in that the uh, waxed cardboard because it ships well and stuff like that. And then people start saying, in things in metal cans taste slightly different, or especially for some people, really notice the taste. Yeah. And glass is infinitely recyclable. So then there's a glass movement, but you can't have it in um, clear glass because then sun can affect it. And so everything seems to be finding its combinatory niche for what's the best way to deliver this thing. The Hartzler's is clear glass. So I'm assuming they're thinking you're going to drink it before it would matter. And it's December. Right. It's dark <laughs> more than not. So right. exactly. <laughs> so do you have it every day? Do you have it for oh. dinner? How oh. do you, you know, is it so rich it, that you got to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming it's got more sugar in it, not just added sugar, but natural cow sugar, because this is like whole milk that they use and it's very rich. So I don't drink a lot of it. I I, I sip a little bit and Colin and I share it. He okay. drinks some. So we try and make it last for $8. It'd be easy just to go, we each had a glass, we're done. So right. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not sure about this, but there has to be not bars, but restaurants that have eggnog during December. Maybe that's what people have it is. Hey, it's on the menu. Do you do what else goes like a little nutmeg or a little cinnamon? Yeah. There's a almost like a ritual for for egg, eggnog for some people that they do it exactly right. How do you? How right. Do you no, your- actually, we put a nutmeg on it, but hot cocoa was the ritual. Okay. My daughter and I would make hot cocoa, and we would uh, put cinnamon sticks in it, warm up milk, not water. Put the cocoa in, and then we would put a little cinnamon on top of it with the cinnamon stick. We'd add a drop or two of vanilla. We'd stir it with a peppermint stick and put whipped cream on it. So that was our ultimate hot cocoa. Exactly. I boy, I usually don't like warm drinks, but what like we we love, I love, and Colleen comes along with me because she doesn't handle the cold as well. Because I'm built like a polar bear and she's built like an ocelot. Having said that, look, we go to the Medina ice sculpture thing. We go to Vermilion and. There's nothing as good as a hot cocoa when you've been outside for an hour and you come inside and you're like rubbing the hands because the extremities can get cold if it's a 20 degree day. And then that hot cocoa where it's like a little bit too hot to sip when you first get it, you get a little whipped cream on the nose. It's the perfect drink. Well, that's my next thing. So I got the eggnog. I really, I'm trying to find just the right hot cocoa because even when you go to most of these holiday events and stuff oh you can get hot cocoa it's a dollar it's a swiss miss packet they dump in hot water and right. stir it and hand it to you it and in the back no it's not co- like mocha no. like, i, I want the polar express hot chocolate where it's like dripping and and thick <laughs> i want that stuff there we go. yeah colleen has developed a, a little bit of lactose intolerance and so we're having to be careful nowadays with we I, she's been using lactate a milk that has less of the sugar that comes from cows the lactose and also I, I just recently discovered she likes her coffee in a very certain way she likes half and half not full cream but also not just whole milk and so i discovered a lactose free half and half at heinen's the upscale grocery store that's in lakewood and probably also all around the city and i'm a hero because i discovered she really wants to have her morning coffee just right and but what if you have that full cream she she 
it's hard to know exactly what contributes to when she just you don't feel right a little bit you get a little bit of like that she doesn't yeah. blow up a, a Willy Wonka character but she can just tell that there, her body is not resting well with putting certain things into it she did a big battery of kind of a thing where you get like a patch of 36 things and they'll tell you oh that's strawberries and that's there's very different things that people can be allergic to she funny sorry Kalina, if you don't want me to mention this but i think a lot of people have it she doesn't have allergies where like oh my god the throat can close up and you get an anaphylactic shock but she has things like egg whites that really make her feel poorly and like she used to have eggs all the time that's if you're like on a budget, but you want protein, eggs is a go-to thing. They're so easy to make in multiple ways and stuff. So she's had a couple of things that like have totally taken out of her default. I don't know what else I want to have, but I'll just make some eggs. And now it, that's, and also cream, like cream in her coffee. She tried learning how to do it more just black, but no, she really likes strong coffee, but with that little note of sweetness and creaminess, there's an, a mouth feel factor, right. the umami stuff like that. So it's, for instance, I try, I keep eggs in the house because I use them for baking, but then I always check the recipe for, hey, if this is a one egg or two egg or three egg type thing, Colleen Pookie, you have to be careful because even though there's only trace elements of egg in here, the more you put in, the more you might have a reaction, even though right. the rest of the bread is just so whole grain healthy. Hey, so yeah. we're being careful. And let's see, I have to be careful because certain, like I, I take my, my, Torvastatin and stuff like that. And at least one of the things that I have, there's a, or maybe it was used to be when I, or so I had atrial fibrillation and I had my ablation and my, but I, and I got over it. But while you're on warfarin, which is one of the early blood thinners that was a, a lot of people could make use of it, you're not supposed to take grapefruit juice because it really exacerbates its effects. Right. You're also not supposed to take like anything that has a lot of vitamin K, like spinach or kale, because it's the antidote for blood thinners. And so I, it's not like I was sitting there munching kale all the time, but then you become really aware of these things really do interact. And when you go to the doctor with your little lists of, I'm going to take this prescription, but I also happen to take fish oil to be healthy. I really, ha- I don't think there's anything I've had to stop taking, but I'm aware of that can happen. And right. it's funny. Often at the doctors, they say, do you have any allergies? And luckily, I don't have any allergies to the psyllins and the mycins and the things that are your first line defense. I just had a little bit of a sore throat and so forth, and it didn't go away for a week. So they gave me the, what's called augmentin. It's amoxicillin, but it goes with clavulanic acid. And so that combination of those two really zaps bacterial infections and stuff like that. Right. Sorry, where's it going to go? So having, having said that, what I always mention is DEET. I really have a bad reaction to DEET, which is the active ingredient in like strong insecticides, right. uh, deep woods off and stuff like that. I remember putting some on, going to a concert at Ravinia long ago, and I was nauseous. And I was like, it's poison. It kills or keeps these little animals away, the insects. And I guess something in me really has a hypersensitivity. I'm not sure what it is. Is it a nerve thing? Is it a digestive? And yet, uh, every time I mention it, I know you're not going to be inject- injecting me with DEET. But I don't know what else D is related to. There are any pills that happen to also have, yeah, it's the same active ingredient, trisodium insectate, then <laughs> don't give me that because it really zapped me the last time. And, and that's the thing that people don't realize because I've got my levothyroxine, which I can't have grapefruit and I, I miss it occasionally. And yeah. when I get people like my one aunt who says, Oh yeah, take this supplement and you'll lose weight. And it's for this. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause what all's in it. And they're like, it's all natural. That doesn't mean it's fine. Copra venom is all natural. And I'm not ingesting that. 
Poison <laughs> ivy is all natural and I'm not rubbing it all over me. I'm like, you take a lot of medicine. Does this interact with any of it? It shouldn't. What do you mean it shouldn't? It's all right. natural. <laughs> and our mar- our media has gotten it so into people's heads that saying it's all natural means it's better, which isn't organic. always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were just, we went to a Mensa regional gathering this last weekend in Cincinnati, had a lot of fun, but that's one of those things that just is a punch to the gut that just makes a little bit of my jaw drop and a little bit like, oh no, is when people start talking about, we've laughed about this. Colleen and I were determined when I first came to town, let's not sit at the health problem end of the table because there's a certain age at which everybody discusses their insurance and whatever ailments and hey, right. my knee, but it comes up sometimes and when people say, I'm doing the, let's see, allopathic medicine or whatever the thing is, where if you put a, a drop of something homeopathic in water, the, it by diluting it, it actually makes it stronger. It's, that is so much, not at all, science and unreal. And it might be the placebo effect that because you so much want it to work, that your mind is mighty and it's making your body feel better. But about specific things like that, natural and organic mean nothing in terms of you have to know what what goes into it to see whether it's good for right. you. And then when it takes the next step towards, yeah, a, a, a doctor that I trust, who's not really a doctor, I'm sure, explained to me how vaccines aren't real or don't work or they're actually harmful. It's like it, you really should have the sense to not say that out loud because at least here you're especially at an RG. Just say how unfortunate. But if you say that in a convincing way, you're contributing to a crime you know what i mean you just yeah. harm someone by saying the best thing that you can do especially in flu season in covid world etc cetera, etc cetera. so it there's still some there's still some that however their mind doesn't work right they heard something persuasive and they can't let it go or they there really are some people that just like to be the person that can i i like it when someone hey what are you watching oh this tv series that you've never heard of but it's really good so try it and yet some people don't have the idea that recommending a book or a CD or a, or a TV series is different than recommending for your health, recommending, yes. how, especially when there's children involved, especially when uh, my, the, the same family hmm. member at one time, straight faced said, oh yeah, I'm losing tons of weight. I'm like, great. What, what's going on? I'm taking a glass of vinegar and putting a raw egg in it and drinking it every night. And I'm just, the weight's just shedding off me. And I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, looking at, you don't look like you've lost weight, but good for you. If you really want to drink vinegar. And I I said, there's probably much more enjoyable ways. So now this same person's on a health kick and using Pokemon Go, uh, if you know that little game on the phones where you get it on and you walk around your neighborhood and find the Pokemon and capture them. And it's not walking. Exactly. So every day she gets my uncle to drive her around in the car so she can collect the Pokemon. She's not walking. She's driving, (laughs) (laughs) but telling everybody she's doing it for health. This was the same. uh, Sorry. This was the same family member that told everybody uh, when we had that big nationwide alert a couple months ago uh, on a Wednesday at noon. uh, If you remember that one, uh, She's told everybody to um, put your phones away and turn them off because if you've gotten the COVID vaccine, that alert is really activating the COVID vaccine <laughs> for them to track you. Right. The, the chip they put in your body or whatever the crazy is. Boy, I uh, especially <laughs> what's odd and interesting is they walk among us. They're not all crazy. They're not like out in the street raving. 
you have a nice conversation that's about how's the family, how, how, what food are you eating, that kind of stuff. And then they'll break into, hey, they just found all those checks that President Biden got from all the deviltry. It's like, you, I don't get how your mind can be pretty active and <laughs> sift through information and come to reasonable conclusions. And yet, whatever your politics are, whatever your hatreds are, whatever you got from your parents as to I'm going to be a Republican, even as they turn towards fascism, I don't know that I get it. And it's always what I say is, that's not true. There's not a satanic pizza parlor that nobody's eating babies that and especially they've investigated this like three four five times everything about benghazi from long ago like i i understand how you hate how you really can't trust and yet there's got to be something that says if all the people are not in on the conspiracy if there was this investigation they would have found it and they'd be pursuing evil they'd that's be because absolutely on. every one of them is in on it <laughs> and all the, the state sad phrases that people come up with, there's all this proof about how conspiracy theories work is that you actually push back even harder when you are faced with irre real, irrefutable facts that you're wrong. You push back even harder. And so when you get the, the crazies that are like, I don't know, I have automatic responses where there was never a moon landing. It's certain my response now is, oh, you're one of those nuts that believes in the moon. You know what I mean? You cool down. And I love say, it. I've had people going, yeah, these gas prices, they, we need Trump back. They were much lower when Trump uh, was in. And I'm like, wow, you know what? You're right. You know what? When Obama took office, they were even lower then. Let's get him back in instead of Trump because they were lower. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, wait, Jimmy Carter is still alive. The gas prices were like 25 cents back then. Let's get Jimmy Carter and get rid of all these people that give us $3 gas. And they're like, that's just crazy and stupid. Exactly. <laughs> and and they don't get it. They don't get them picking on them. <laughs> and I don't know. I've also had that weird conversation, like back in the good old days. And so let's go back to the days and just start naming how terrible it was. Back to the 50s, when accusing someone of a communist was getting people thrown out of their jobs like we see nowadays oh no are you too gay are you too it's just weird to say examples exactly of what they're talking about that don't work towards their argument and that no that's not what i'm talking yeah here's what i want no not that no not that no not that. wow i know i use the term unreachable all the time because it really comes to that that you can't have a convert here's another so i went to a they had many presentations this last weekend and so i went to a one called braver angels and it's a little bit of a variation on abraham lincoln had a thing about the better angels of our nature he had a an interesting cabinet where he actively brought in people that did not agree with all of his political and social beliefs but he wanted to make sure that there was a lively discussion of all those things so that when you can come to a conclusion compromise through all of those things then it has a much better chance than what we have nowadays with all the polarization. So even in the face of the civil war, people are fighting. Uh, and he still tried to do that. And so having said that, this group called Braver Angels is trying to uh, apply similar principles. What are the ways in which we can show that we are more alike than different, that we can get people talking about everybody loves their children, everybody cares about education, and everybody cares about democracy and so forth. And so what are the ways in which we've strayed that you think name the slur that people use and then by applying that slur now they don't want to hear whatever that person has to say so this group was really interesting that like they have red blue workshops where they get people that really are quite set in their race but they have um 
discussions and one-on-ones where you get people talking and you find out they're not the devil, either red or blue. They don't have horns and a tail. They're not libtards. They're not commies, whatever else it might be. But then I got to that weird place a little bit what we just talked about. When people are mimetically frozen, they've had such things pounded into them that in order to have that kind of discussion, you have to at least agree that it's worth trying to get to facts together. There's opinions matter. But to get to like national policy, maybe we really have to say, how does energy work? What are we willing to pay for the sources of our energy? And what are the results of that? And that it's a matter of big numbers and statistics, not my anecdote about gas prices from the Carter administration. <laughs> right. And, and, and so then that's when I, I asked a question that had the room a little bit quiet, where what do you deal with fact resistant people? Where they like, you, you can't even get to can we all agree that human beings like their children and they even to me some of the most basic things oh no not if they're aliens not if they're reptile people and like well <laughs> you know, like, where do you go from with that in today's world yes i care for my children that's why i think nobody should read these books no that's not right. what we're saying Ugh. how do you One get past favorite, that my favorite shorthands for this is something must be done this is something it must be done and like, it, you just named the something. You just don't care about, can you explain it to somebody else? Can you prove it? Can you get at least 51% to believe that? How, do you, how did you get to that conclusion? The, the workshops, that's funny. I guess people are too insulted to go to a rational thinking workshop, a critical thinking workshop, mm. where they'd learn to say, these are the, the ways in which people make logical fallacies. And we don't even have to like only be perfect, but if you can just avoid making and doing some of the biggest ones don't argue ad hominem don't argue from straw man don't mistake someone else's argument and then attack it while the other person says but that's not what that means that's not what i would say so i don't know i don't it, it was heartening to say that organization exists but it was disheartening to say i then went and had discussions two hours later in the hospitality suite that were like these are the the smarties of the world at least test wise and they've got deeply in them things that are wacky and i i just i need to disengage sometimes because i don't want to argue with a friend but so most of my stuff is just, come on you can't right. believe that and really thank god you said it here <laughs> where I, I will not really attack you or mock you that's not true and right. the fact that you're choosing to share it is don't you have a governor on i want to at least appear to be a decent human being a rational human being it, no some people really want to be the guy running in the streets, sounding the alarm, even if the alarm is false. They don't mind being <laughs> the one who cried wolf. And then they wonder why nobody wants to talk to him anymore. Because we got tired of you crying wolf falsely. Right. Don't you remember your fables? <laughs> Didn't you learn those things when you were like five and seven and first reading and see all the examples about kids in the schoolyard work? Some people don't get past the schoolyard or they revert to the schoolyard maybe. Yeah. And, oh, wow. and, and with that, and my father was a lot like this, and I catch myself like this at times, and I have to like, I, I can't do this, be, partly because I'm sure genetics <laughs> somehow, and partly because that's what you grew up with, and you don't even think about it sometimes, it's just there, but it's, wow, it's a nice, pretty day out. Yeah, but it'll probably rain later. This is a great Christmas present. Yeah, it'll probably get broke next week. It's like, how my grandmother was like that also, and I know my mother works really hard, but 
unfortunately, my mother goes the opposite way. So it starts almost coming back around to not being helpful and good. A little Pollyanna too, Rosie. As yeah. I, that's, I, I really, I see that. We both see that, I'm sure, in lots of different people. That they can't take a compliment. They can't say, I, I love Kurt Vonnegut saying, once in a while, I just have to sit down and say, isn't this nice? Just right. enjoy this for a moment. All the mindfulness, all the, that, that is so much about being in the moment and saying, this is just right. It's beautiful. It's just the right temperature. I'm with my friends, whatever else it might be, instead of, but invariably it will rot. It will go to hell. <laughs> so let's worry about the rot instead of enjoying the now. Oh. Yeah. So speaking of good right now, if you are a Godzilla fan and can't find something to like with Godzilla in today's world, there is something wrong with you. Move on to some new IP because we are having such a renaissance in Godzilla this year and in the last couple years. I've noticed that too. And it's funny. I always make fun of the old Godzilla movies as it's hard to be scared of monsters where you can see the zipper in the suit. And yet <laughs> CGI has become so good nowadays that they really, Godzilla looks great. King Kong looks great. The, the relative proportion of monsters to people and like the things emerging out of the ocean and stuff. It's very scarily, oh. believably well done. So pick your era like of Godzilla that you like because okay. you, you mentioned the, the new King Kong and Godzilla. There's a new movie coming out next year. The new trailer just dropped. If you've kept up with that universe, the new movie universe based on the 2014 Godzilla and King Kong added recently and now King Kong's living in the interior world down there and okay. this time there's some threat and Godzilla and him are partnered. So they're working together. And okay. it looks fantastic. If you're a fan of the new modern Godzilla with the CGI and everything's just popcorn bombastic, don't blink, <laughs> you can't go to the bathroom. This is this looks like the thing. I love those because they're pure escapism. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you, so if you ask the era, what I loved most growing up was the era of Monster Zero. They had certain movies come out where it wasn't just Godzilla. It was Mothra and Manda yeah. and Ghidra and who am I missing? Just King, that. All, King Ghidorah. Kai, I think the Japanese term is Kaizu, right? The big monster. Kaiju, yeah. Monster Island and stuff like that. And I really loved that. Not only did you have Godzilla, Godzilla and then his little kid Godzuki, right? That kind right. of stuff. But that they expanded it to all these other creatures and they had to... I loved, we had Elk Grove Theater had that like as the Saturday matinee, they'd get all those kinds of things. And I, I just loved how, I know they're ridiculous. And yet the cool special effects back then of, hey, a monster knocking over a building, that looks really cool. Yeah. That, I loved it. And big monsters tussling was a really cool thing. This guy's got three heads and they all shoot lightning, whereas Godzilla's only got the nuclear blast. How's that going to work out? And to take monsters, and then make it so that they're actually the hero because the invading interstellar monster has to be defeated. That was like, yay kids. <laughs> yes. And Colin and I were talking about that, how the mainline Toyo Godzilla, Toho, Toho Godzilla okay. movies has different eras where different people were like in charge and they changed them. The era you're talking about, that's when Godzilla was the protector and he was the savior, which is what he was in this newest 2014 movies, but he's not the protector of the people. He's the protector of the earth. We're just bacteria. So he doesn't but care. They had Godzilla versus the smog monster. They had Back Godzilla the, yeah. versus Mecha Godzilla. They, had all, they kept spinning out sequels. Exactly. The original Godzilla 
if people really understand the history and the making of these, the original Godzilla was a reaction to us dropping the bomb on Japan. That's exactly right. It was the fear of nuclear waste and all of those things. And it that's exactly right. A lot of those 50s movies were exactly that. Yeah. Every, every Giant creatures. Because they lived in the desert where they had done the nuclear testing. And now you've got giant spiders and giant ants, ants them, and all that kind of stuff. 50-foot exactly. women. Exactly. <laughs> there's another, there's a Godzilla movie in the theater now that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the King Kong Godzilla universe. It is in the original Toho movie universe. In fact, it is a prequel almost to the original Godzilla movie. Is it the timeline? It's set right after World War uh, II. It's set in Japan. It is done in the way of the original movie. It felt like the original movie. They didn't use CGI very much. It was almost all practical effects to the point where you could tell when she was in the train and Godzilla was coming, you could tell it was a movie screen running in the background of what it was. It looked like that. It's like they purposefully made it the effects look like that it was even a guy in a big rubber suit you could tell it was a guy in a big rubber suit but it looked fantastic and he walked slow and ponderously and you could just see the way it moved sometimes that's not real muscle the costume ripples instead of muscle yes so they it looked like they purposefully made it look like the old ones so if you like the original godzilla godzilla minus one is freaking fantastic I went, to Canton. Throwback. Okay, I went to cool. Canton and I saw it in the D box seat, the one that rumbles and moves. And I, I had center row right there. Nobody in front of me. And my <laughs> seat was like jerking when the plane was moving and he would yell and my whole seat would rumble. And they actually do have the, whatever the jerk vision, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I had, it was such, here's the thing. So if you like that original Godzilla, Go see minus one. If you like the new King Kong Godzilla, just wait till the new movie comes out. If you like the savior protector, hold on because I'm sure they'll do something with that. There's none of that right now. You know what I didn't like? They had one with Matthew Broderick where they made him that was 25 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, they they transformed him where he didn't have the cool ridge on the back. He was more of a lizard and allosaurus. It was a more dinosauric instead of. The classic. Let let me put it in this context. So Reese and I on our horror podcast, we always try and watch an original movie from the original country. Oh, and also this Godzilla was all in Japanese. You had to read subtitles the whole movie. It wasn't overdubbed or anything. More authentic. Only Raymond Burr speaking English. Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, in in watching these horror movies, a lot of times there's remakes, American remakes, and we've watched some of those. And overall, the American remake sucks compared to the original from whatever country it is. Okay. That's how the Godzilla of 99 in America was. It's, hey, let's redo Godzilla. And it's terrible. Let's go. So that's my thoughts on that Godzilla. (laughs) I I agree with what you just said. I've seen any number of let the right one in and stuff like that, where it's originally maybe Swedish or Finnish. Yes, Swedish. I don't know what they do to do they soften it in the American version? Do they put people? They dumb it down for American audiences. We can't handle thinking too much during movies. Too horrible. Because I don't know if you go back to, we've talked about this before. Hans Christian Andersen, Mother Grimm, the old time folklore is often really awful. 
And yes. they say like they when they rewrite it, they make sure that there's no actual like evisceration going on. There's no just got punched in the face and fell over, as opposed to they got drawn and quartered as a punishment for whatever. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I loved minus one. I may go see it in the theater again with like Jerkovision down there in Canton because that's worth it. Yes. I've been looking for. If I go to see the movie, then I also get to go play some pinball and I get to have a pizza because like nowadays the best Chicago style pizza in the Cleveland area is not in the Cleveland area. Yeah, you gotta go to Canton and go to. Pre- Pizzeria Uno or something like that. Right. Giordano's. I'm trying to think which one it is, but that's the best deep dish with an unreasonable driving distance. <laughs> yeah. It's the North Canton Tinseltown Cinemark had those and it's still there. It's yeah, definitely worth it. I, I loved it. Again, if you like the original stuff, you'll just yeah. feel throwbacks. You'll feel like yeah. you're watching it with Superhost again. Oh, you weren't around for Superhost. That was no, before I, you. Colleen and I have often compared between Goulardi, who was Goulardi. here, and Gouli, who we had in, and I'm not sure which one got more syndicated, but it was very much Sven Gouli in Chicago with yeah. the monster movies, but also the injecting of his voiceover or like Barwin, that kind of stuff into the movies. That was such a thing when I was a kid of, can they do that? Can they interrupt TV? <laughs> That's like God power. <laughs> right. Besides two great Godzilla movies there is a TV show it's on Apple TV it's called Monarch and it has to do more two episodes in it just started up or it's oh no we're like on episode four or five now I'm I'm off I'm I'm I yeah. was on my radar, but I there's any number of things that I like play catch up on when I finally start watching it. Now, so. And this one is connected to the movie King Kong universe of Godzilla. It's focused more on this secret government agents that uh, tracks the kaiju and knows all the kaiju. And, and it's got John Goodman briefly. Kurt Russell is in it and his son is in it as a younger version of the same character. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And they do show the monsters a bit. They tied it into the 2014 movie a little bit. It's not like kaiju, kaiju, kaiju. It is people-focused story that run into a kaiju every now and then. And they've had a couple really cool ones on there. Uh, For a TV show, Apple definitely does it right. I must say, I've seen a couple Apple movies and TV shows now, and I'm like, man, these people know how to do it. (laughs) I must have paused. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I think any number Apple, Netflix, various other places, they've really gotten to where they figured out how do you do it? You make it get enough money so the movie can be made well, and you give it to the good director or special effects or whatever else it might be, and then you don't get in the way. Right. You don't have little notes about, oh, I think that should be green instead of blue. And I don't think that I've read so many cautionary tales nowadays about crazy Hollywood producers, studio runners, and so forth that almost wrecked great films because they think their taste is everybody's taste, and often their taste is the worst in the room. So if you find an auteur and let them do their thing, you just it's a big thing to say, I'm going to trust you with $50 million, and yet it works for Ted Lasso, it works for Monarch, whatever else it might be. That's right. kind of cool. Okay. It's a good show. We've been enjoying it, looking forward to it. Uh, I, I really am a Godzilla fan. I, that, I haven't been, because I've been, I wandered around as let's, do something that I really, like I mentioned, I've been watching Pagan Peak. I hadn't mentioned before. I, I mentioned something to talk about. So it's a, a murder mystery, super, really supernatural element. So it has the doom of that type stuff, but it's in German. And so I'm trying to listen, not only with subtitles on, but actually be like, refresh my German a little bit. And boy, am I aware of how much I'm not current. You know what I mean? Whatever I, and we've talked, whatever I learned in four years of high school and two years of college, it's just not conversational German. You know what I mean? You don't really get 
anywhere near all the words, especially if you have a big vocabulary in English, you're aware of how many you don't know in German or any other language. And just the way people talk, the way that they slur and, and add or drop endings and, and the slang of it and the swearing of it and stuff like that. I'm. It's very funny to see in subtitles when someone calls someone an asshole or a bastard or something like that. I knew Arschloch was that, but now I know for sure because it really is on like mainstream TV-ish type things. I just restarted to watch Hannibal. Oh, okay. I, 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 it's, I don't know if you ever saw this, the one with Mads Mikkelsen. I should remember, what's the guy's, the, the guy who plays the main FBI profiler is fantastic but his name escapes me but it's really got like episodic uh, uh, here's the craziness that serial killers do where they don't just kill them they always have their little rituals about how they display them to the police or how they try to hide them or what's just what's the trauma they went through that makes them into these nutty murderer type things but I really like the intelligence of that series where it really is a lot of mental game playing and like partial information that people have to try to still move forward and deal with. And you can see how they came to a conclusion that proves to be wrong, but it was the right one at the time. But then sometimes getting it wrong really gets them in the neck. And I don't know, I just, I, I in the middle of happy Christmas season, I wanted something darker. I'm not sure what had me. It was just like bop around and say, oh, Hannibal is here. And I watched the first episode and it's so good that I started to watch it again. So having said that, I need to pick up on Monarch. Maybe what it was, we talked about, we've been watching several series like Doom Patrol that came to an end and I'm almost done with The Rookie. Oh, we're in season five of The Rookie and they just introduced the, there's a Serena... Maybe it's Serena Gonzalez or Gomez, it, where she's oh, got supposed the, psychic power. Ghost, the ghost abilities. Oh, geez. I so much don't want this series to turn into the X-Files with cops. It, I it doesn't. It, it really okay. doesn't. The, Nathan Fillion's character is really good about not really mm. believing it. But when a couple of things happen, he's like, you know what? I, I told you I respect what your thinking is. So you tell me and we'll work with both of it so it's interesting how they keep it cop-like but open to that's what i've liked so far exactly that really was you can't just pull somebody over because you get a feeling you have to have evidence like the way that cops work is right and and the very first time she does something funny it's we can use none of the evidence that we found because it's fruit of the poisoned tree and like they were quickly we have to deal in reality we have to be able to prove this in court it can't be I saw black aura around them. You did, you, that's not going to hold up. And so it it's there. He's being a very good skeptic saying the things, like you said, that he says, some way of explaining this is that we are always aware of our environment and that sometimes you, if you are a Sherlock Holmesian observer, you really might have not realized what you were seeing, but you noticed that there was drops of blood. You noticed that the names of things related to some of the words that the guy used in the crazy note. And that was what led you to this place on this street or whatever else it might be. So he's doing a good job of how our subconscious is mighty. And that oftentimes just the impressions that we make that we're not consciously aware of, our mind is still trying to process them. And it gives us that intuition, those hunches that can lead to now we have direct information that we that that matters, but we don't know how we got there. You can't always explain. It just is that because policemen have so much more a, a higher standard, you have to be able to explain why you pulled somebody over, why you broke into somebody's house. It's a cool tension. I just so much don't want to turn it. Like, for instance, Rosalind Dyer, the female serial killer, is out on the loose and I so much don't want it to be that the way they catch her is because this woman's psychic set up. 
it would be after four years worth of really good procedural and rigor of being a police person. I don't want it to be that the woo woo wins. It has to be that they got her because they use police stuff. You you got some good stuff this season. I like if I remember right, the end of season four was the one where he was at that remote station and Tudyk showed up and I think his brother was there and everything they went. That was a great episode. That was a great episode, especially what you know, because he in this series, he's portrayed as like the evidence cleanup guy and nerdy but then i guess even nerds can learn tai chi and be a, a formidable opponent yeah. and so that, that there there's such boy I, we've talked about this before one of the things that nathan Fillion is great is at some point over the course of these first you know four five seasons everybody from castle has shown up everybody from from firefly has shown up anybody who wanted to at least yeah you know what i mean that they have little cameos or two arc two episode arc characters oh that's laney that's the lab tech from over here right his daughter appears and all i just think that's sweet that he really is making room for my i still have a little bit of hollywood pool and how am i going to use that by bringing my friends in that's actually not friends were like oh that was so wooden shouldn't have put that person in there they're all actors and actresses that really know what they're doing and i just think that's fun yeah (laughs) it's all fun to see like when you're watching an old movie and you say Oh my God, that's C. Thomas Howell Young. (laughs) Uh, So some good stuff coming up on Castle. So the end of the fifth season is not giving anything away, but probably the craziest episode I've seen. And I was like, it almost the rookie the rookie yeah. i'm sorry rookie. Right. <laughs> i almost was afraid it was a se- a series ending but they said nope season six is coming it was just with right. all the strikes things are a little behind but you're getting it. it i'm like all right good for us <laughs> by the way i tried so i got that to look forward to that really is the go-to series now colleen we just finished our baking show it hit the finale and, and we had to like we because we were at the rg on friday saturday sunday we were like oh we ordinarily we'd be sitting right down on friday night to watch it so it's funny you're like antsy over watching a baking show yeah so we, we watched that when we yes last night to return quickly to when when we mentioned godzilla wonderful stuff kai kaiju christmas time recommendation folks if you want to read a great comic book series that has been collected into like either a slipcover edition or one big book you got to read planetary it's by warren ellis and great artists like john cassidy and it's a superhero series but more in an investigative way they call themselves like archaeologists of the impossible and what it does is like every issue is oh that's about um, old film noir where there's a ghost character that's determined to find uh, prove the person that killed him wrong because it was a bad cop that got him they're going to find a way to get him there's an episode with kaiju where they're investigating and they discover monster island and all like the skeletons of, of course huge skeletons like when we find a, a dinosaur strike and stuff like that and he is so skilled at taking all of those old things from comic books from pulps from cartoons from movies and having his characters interact with them. So there's a certain amount of time travel, a certain amount of multiverse stuff before the Marvel multiverse, which has made that kind of a well-known term. They're just so well-written. And if you have a big background in pulps and folklore and all the kind of stuff, you'll, every, about a third of the way each issue, you're going to go, oh, that's what's going on. He's bringing back like Doc Savage. How cool is this? And 
I love those, and they're high quality throughout, and there really is an overarching story arc, so it didn't just trail off at the end because it got canceled. He was allowed to tell the entire story that he wanted to tell about and cool reversals of, hey, people that are heroes in the Marvel Universe, if they really had those powers, would they? And so maybe they're villainous in the Planetary series. Just 11 out of 10, highest recommendation if you're looking to give somebody who loves comic books and for some reason they haven't discovered Planetary yet, and maybe you haven't, so... Uh, uh, yeah, I've not actually read those. I know I, Colin, I oh, think, has mentioned Okay, well, I'm sure I'll see you beginning now on Christmas. And so I hope... Uh, so having built this up, this is one of those things, like sometimes when you build something up, it's not only that you love it, it's like everyone should love this if they're into fiction, That's a, yeah. fiction that kind of stuff. But highest recommend Planetary and The Authority is another one that's similar to that, where a superhero team that is different than every other superhero team you've dealt with in terms of interactions with... Um, other superhero teams and villains and multiverse and this i love that they um don't just throw out what has gone before that they have all these ways of integrating with counterparts in the big universes of marvel and dc very cool stuff so planetary and the authority throw back to some friends that have been on the show ted sakura just came out with uh, a new issue rec- in recent of uh, right, violante right the interest yes. of the new character in punt uh, exactly so i i did as usual, almost like as soon as I get the word that the Kickstarter campaign is, I'm, I'm early in on, yes, I support you. And so, yep. Yep. And, <laughs> and um, John Bruning, he's got his Midnight Guardian series. And I know Jim Beard, uh, his partner, has put several things out this year. They had a new Western anthology. And, exactly. and there's more things coming from both of them. Everybody, you want something fun, unique, highly recommended, all of those. Check okay. them out. And, and Tom Zoller has had a couple Cupid's Arrow and stuff come out. Exactly that. Love and Valentine's? What, Lo- what, what, Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets. Love, Love and Capes. Love and oh. Capes. Love and Capes. Love and Rockets Love and was a band. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Love and Rockets was on also a series by the Hernandez brothers, as I recall. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. And, and long running, like one of those but underground that became uh, independent publishing and that kind of stuff, uh, like as long around as Cerebus or there's certain series that were around for a long time before the world became aware of them because you only found them in comic book stores. So anyway, just that very strangers in paradise, uh, uh, like a great series that just another one that had real cool reveals about various different characters over the course of the series where they really are who they are, but they also have maybe some stuff in their background or they react to things that they almost have a, a, character break a psychotic break and so, but the way he does it is it's never that's gratuitous no it really makes sense and people fall into love and fall out of love and stuff like that so strangers in paradise if you're looking for a good soap opera type series with all of that also very good and, and who does that one not dodson does I, it, we'll have to look it up Make sure that we have, here's the thing to click to get these cool things. Right, right. yeah. I also went, I have, I've been busy this past week. I went and saw Napoleon last night. What did you think? Uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yes. Is, is Napoleon, okay. Uh, uh, which actually is another Apple production. Uh, it was, it it was. I. <laughs> it's a difficult <laughs> thing. It is not a documentary. It's okay. not necessarily trying Fact. to. Okay. Yeah, it's not necessarily trying to uh, glorify his life or make everything seem cool and wonderful. It's not action. It's it, it's a drama, but it's not people drama. And we know the ending essentially. It's coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, okay. it, he's a tragic figure in some ways, 
and it was beautiful. Oh my God. It looks so nice. They used the set pieces to great effect. And I told Kai says, was it me or did it seem like almost everything was a real practical effect and not CGI that it was mostly minimal CGI with real stuff around them in that. So like a battle where there's actually a thousand extras instead of just yeah. computer generated. Oh, uh, interesting. That's what okay. it appeared. We could be wrong. Okay. Uh, we are getting so good with that now that yeah, uh, that's what special effects should be is that you can't tell. Right. It's so good that it's not blue screen shimmer around them and stuff like right. that. Right. And so, I think what they did was like some of the long shots had 300,000 men all lined up. Collins, are they really going to pay 300,000 men to stand there for one shot? Or are they going to put the stormtrooper cardboard cutouts up? It, it looked really exactly. good. So, they put Pumpkin Village, right? Exactly. Yes. So... The story, now we double-checked a few things, and there are some changes to historical fact. Just let that go, folks. No historical fiction movie has ever been 100% accurate. They do it for story purposes. Let that go. It's not even worth talking about anymore. It's going to happen. So there are a few things, but the general story is there and the same. And it's done in an interesting way. It was engaging and interesting, but I could see a lot of people not enjoying it just because. Did it, they jump around in time or did it? No, it doesn't jump around. It, it doesn't beat you over the head with making everything explained. You have to keep up a little bit with stuff. You have to keep up with who's who and why the pol politics are um, meshing or not. But Joaquin Phoenix I, I know some people are probably going to complain that his acting was flat, that it was, but I'm like, I have seen this man play the Joker and play other roles where he was just all over the place. I think it was a director and an actor choice for the way Napoleon was very brooding, like the whole movie. Okay. And to, for him to pull that off for the whole movie, that's pretty much an accomplishment. Quit complaining. I right. could be wrong on that. That um, just could like cast them down into depression if all you're doing is just hating your it, life all the way through. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, and if you ever see it, watch it. I'm sure it'll come to Apple streaming soon. That's what it's for. Actually, um, it's that I want to see in the theater because of the spectacle of it. I it like is it. huge. Big sound, big picture. I want to just be surrounded by it. Yes. And lose in it. it I would not recommend it to everybody. I know certain people that go to one or two movies a year and it's the big blockbusters. Don't go see Napoleon. <laughs> you okay. won't enjoy yourself as much. Even but for if, Aquaman coming out December 22nd when it'll be superheroes and lots of other yes. sea and cool stuff. Okay. But uh, if you're a movie goer, you've seen all the hundred best. This would fit right, right in with that type of thing. The, the, the thing that... I made a comment of, now it's a Ridley Scott movie, which some people find very interesting as a directorial choice, but I'm okay. like, I really think he was trying to make a political statement on American politics in the modern world. And Napoleon, I think, is a reflection of certain <laughs> uh, politicians that have caused a lot of uh, problems over the last couple of years. And okay. I think it's Scott's way of saying history will repeat itself. Take a look at this and wake right. up. Unless we actively choose otherwise. That's yes. Right. Okay. And he shows the parts in the movie where the politicians of the time 
regardless of Napoleon, we need to get rid of him. He's a loose cannon. He's not helping anything. And, okay. and the thing is, all the he, Napoleon goes into these battles. And it's like you lost 90% of your people. And he turns on and says, yes, we're victorious. We're the conquerors. We, and it's, dude, you lost almost everybody. And <laughs> That's then- right. Things happen that weren't under his control at all. And later in life, he's, do you know about Rome burning? They're like, yeah, I did that. I did. So yeah, and he didn't do it. When you're crazy, you build, everybody wants to be the hero in their own story, even if they're not the hero, even if they're freaking. And and he kept saying, I I love France. I'm doing this for France. Everything I do is for my country. I'll do this because it's good for my country. And then after he gets exiled, he says, I'm going back because I'm going to take what's mine wait a second, you said it was good for the country. Now it's suddenly, you're taking it back because it, it's yours. Right. And he I was like, who does this emperor, sound like? That, not, it is a great cautionary tale to be still aware of. It's a great quote. When fascism comes to America, it's going to come wrapped in a flag and carrying a cross. And <laughs> I'm not sure how much there was the religious aspect to Napoleon. I don't think he did this as a crusade. But yeah. absolutely, the ultra-nationalism, the jingoism of France deserves to take over the world. And I am France. I am the state. Maybe that's more Louis the 16th, 14th. I'm trying to think who said that. But Napoleon sure ran with it. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a yeah. I, I, it's very, very funny so go ahead no no I, please it, it so, so i've seen in the big theater yeah. yes so. <laughs> i think we got our timing yeah. off we're exactly that we're, we're so like i'm doing <laughs> so i will say that between now you know it, one of the joys of being retired is that we can go to the tuesday matinee and not have it be that it's the crazy full theater but still get the wonderful effect of being in the middle in the middle or maybe all the way to the front i tend to not like the front because i don't like to hang my head back i tend to be right where my eye line is the center of the screen and so even if it's around me i still feel proportionally correct right there's all the way to the side are sometimes not as effective just because it feels skewed i right. like that i'm I'm stereoscopically correct <laughs> right they, so, they, so. they they do have a couple things in here i, I was looking around because there were a couple of very intense sex scenes that were almost violent in yeah. a way which was interesting but they're like people chuckling and laughing about it and i'm like wow you people are repressed aren't you you need to get out a little more if that is you're laughing so loud at this is obviously you feel very uncomfortable at the moment (laughs) especially if it's not true and i really don't pay attention to ratings anymore but once in a while when you see it's a pg-13 and then there's actual full noodle frontity or something like that wow if i would have brought my 14 year old i would have been are they ready for I, this? I hope they are. <laughs> I don't know how accurate this was of the time, okay. but even when they were having the most uh, energetic sex, they were almost completely clothed. I'm like, what's the fun in that? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was very much, you could tell the guy was in charge and it was only about him. And they, right. they only wanted to have an heir. It, it, it is what it is, but it's, it's got some interesting <laughs> perspective. We, we like to call that dynastic sex. It's all about making sure that you have an heir. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but yeah, it was. A, I'm glad I saw it. Will I sit down to watch it again? I don't know about that. We'll see. Very good. I should mention these things. We, Colleen and I had fun after doing the RG down in Cincinnati. We went to Jungle Gyms, which is Ooh. this enormous store. Folks, if and I, the word overwhelm is what had me remember this. If you want to go to a place that it doesn't have three types of mustard, it's at a mustard section. It has everything of everything that you can imagine and all pretty well 
So it's at least it's organized so that it's not just like marks where there's motor oil next to the celery and stuff like that, but there's not really a map to it. And so you have to say, oh, now we're no longer in the beer and wine section. Now we're in the international sections and they each have their own sauces and beers and wines and candies and whatever else it might be. And the produce section is amazing. And of course they have everything. So you're not just finding your celery and lettuce, you're finding your star fruit and you're ugly. We bought an actual sugar cane. <laughs> And it's six feet long and it was hanging out of the cart because we saw one in somebody else's cart and we were like, what is that? And what she said, what it was is I could chew sugar cane like it's betel nut. I could do that. So we had fun. We spent a little bit of money, but on things like pumpernickel from Germany so that I'll, I'll give a little slice to my mom. I was looking very specifically for German things, German Christmas, like, you know, the little coins wrapped in gold foil. Gelt, as they call them off Deutsch. And I just, I wanted to have Lebkuchen and, and things that would hearken marzipan that my mom might like as a little bit of, of German Christmas over, nice. over at our court. So that was fun. And then after that, because we, we stayed around long enough for it to get dark, we went to the Cincinnati Zoo and saw their zoo lights. Oh, nice. I really love going to the Cleveland one because zoo lights is like the Asian Lantern Festival. They have big displays and all that kind of stuff. Cincinnati must have many more trees, or at least what they... How, how, really how it presented itself was every single tree in the entire place is wrapped in lights. And wow. so it really is a fairy wonderland and light, mostly dark, but they actually also have the twinkle trail where everything is also blinking and twinkling. And so while you're going through it, this would not be good if I had <laughs> a seizure <laughs> warning. Thank you. But a couple animals were out. It's cold enough that many giraffes and, and elephants and so forth are not 40 degree creatures, but Red pandas were having fun. Uh, all, all your Siberian tigers, that kind of thing. Most things were inside or they, they, because it was also into the evening. But we did a one run through to see all the animals that we could and one run through to just bathe in the lights and stuff. And they have the big Christmas tree with the dancing lights that it does swirls and that kind of stuff. A, a great way to walk a bunch of miles, not noticing how far you've walked until you sit down on a bench and go, oh, the dogs really need a rest here. I, my feet hurt. Who knew? You should drink <laughs> some eggnog. Drink some eggnog and refine <laughs> myself. Exactly right. that. Heavy protein. It, it really was that combination of lots of Mensa and then lots of commerce and then lots of lights. And then we, we always have a wonderful time. The drive on the way home was probably three and a half hours. So you do the, so who'd you see this weekend? And what'd you talk about? We took a debriefing and just talk about, and of course we're going to the Christmas season. So what are we going to do? We're going to finish our tree. We're going to get our cards out. We, get, we have a bunch of stuff that's still almost responsible. We've done a bunch of pre-shopping. Maybe you've done this too in the world of Amazon and everything else. It's so easy to listen to what people have been saying over the course of the year. And I'm always pleased about that when I get something that she happened to mention in February. And that's, oh, it, it's, I love, that's a, a way in which my big old memory comes in very handy is that I give myself little ticklers. And then when you find just what they were talking about or something that they had talked about, but they, it's a variation on that, that they've not seen or heard of, and they're going to be pleasantly surprised. So just that once again, we're going to have too many things under the tree, but who better to do that for than, right. your family, than your sweetie? That kind of stuff. So we have that coming up. We had a couple. We went to a Celtic Christmas. We had got a couple other Christmassy things coming up at Playhouse Square or at down in Akron or whatever. And it, it's some part of one of the reasons that we love Advent calendars is because part of an event is the anticipation. You know what I mean? Where you keep talking about, hey, the poker game's coming up. I'm going to take your money. <laughs> that kind of stuff. The, we got Advent calendars for all the members of the family, and one of the things we did this year is we got a jigsaw puzzle advent calendar. 
Every day you open up a little box and it's 25 more pieces and it's the next section of the puzzle. So by the time you get to the 24th, it'll be probably four by six, right? That uh, Six across and four down. And we get to, it's not as, when you start a jigsaw puzzle, oftentimes it's a little bit intimidating because, okay, let's get the frame done. So we have at least an idea of what's going on. And then let's look for all the blues and all the eyes and whatever. And this is a nice bite-sized chunk of jigsaw puzzle every day. And so nice. we've already, I don't know, we have a whole bunch of just easing our way into Christmas. We got at, at Jungle Gyms, we got breads. I make many breads in, in my bread machine. And yet last time we were there, we got one particular like multi-grain loafer. It really looks like a loaf of bread. It's not the nice little rectangular guy that comes out of the bread machine. It's round and has the little cleft in the top, whereas oh, it, wow. baked, it opened up and it's got a whole bunch of wheat and barley and whatever else sprinkled on top. And it just was the hardiest best bread ever where you're like i'm not gonna drive to cincinnati to go get bread but man this is good and maybe breadsmith maybe blackbird i'm trying to think of the places around me that now that i've had my holiday taste of this kind of bread i might need to get some uh, put the bread machine to rest or think about how i could duplicate it and go get right. some other of these really hearty breads so that nice. was a fun fight there anyway nice, nice. <laughs> so, all right hmm. it's about time ah, very good uh, See you in a week and then more more Christmas uh, buying opportunities. And uh, there we go. In fact, just real quick, we should save it for next time. Those big albums. Hey, if you have anybody in your family that likes Calvin and Hobbes, Don Martin from Mad, Far Side, there are big old albums nowadays. As Maybe everybody knows about these. But if you're looking for someone who's an ultra fan, them getting the complete Far Side collection will have them writhing like a puppy in delight. It's yes. just so cool to have these big, perfectly printed like they're so heavy that you have to read them at the table because if you rest them on you, they put a dent in your sternum. Right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Well, so. the Calvin and Hobbes, it's three or four volumes in a slip cover. That's right. They split it into the things. And I think there's a, like some commentary by Will Waterston about here's what I was doing. Here's proto uh, of the characters and stuff like that. And they're really a good read as well as going back and remembering, oh my God, I laughed my butt off when that strip first came out. Right. Let me see that bat for a minute. I just, I, I also... <laughs> There's if you like Tom Tomorrow, there's some that I it was very cool that they got created because some of these things are not necessarily that popular, but be able to get the entire set of all kinds of different mad. They did mad Frank Jacobs and Antonio Prohias, who did Spy vs. Spy. They got a couple of those volumes that are it's really cool. If you know someone likes yeah. that, this will overwhelm well, them with happiness. Colin uh, has been was apparently my word of the day. <laughs> I know we're going over. Okay. No, Colin has been uh reading the old strips that he could get a hold of and i found and they have collections of those that i found so i'm getting him volumes of the original batman strips the original buck rogers strips the original flash gordon strips and, and all that of course it's one of those homer gifts because if you're done reading those colin i wouldn't mind reading those myself <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about this last time it was so many of the things that Colleen and I get for each other. We actually have made like a thing of, hey, if we don't get each other exactly the same number of gifts, let's make sure that those things that we'll both really will like, that those are the last ones we open so that they'll be the one that takes the turn for that book, that music, that game right. run out. <laughs> but right. almost always there's a little stack that transfers from one to the other. Hey, when you're done with that, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so cool. That's All very right. funny. All right. Very good, man. Very good. Take care, Stephen. All right. You do have a great week. Okay. This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. 
Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.